We're seeking to collate some of the last words Jesus spoke to his disciples, and we're going to start in Acts chapter 1. You can find this on page 1092 in your church Bibles. Acts chapter 8. Sorry, I said chapter 8, chapter 1 beginning to read at verse 4. It is 1092, though. I was right about that. On one occasion, while the risen Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can we turn now to Matthew's Gospel and to read his account of the last words Jesus spoke. This can be found on page 1000 Matthew chapter 28, beginning to read at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great as Jimmy comes to preach to us. I forgot, to, I forgot I didn't pray for you while you're out here with your family, so I'll pray for you too while you're up here. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our partnership in the gospel yes, Lord. that goes beyond our walls, goes mm. across your, na- your globe, across nations. Thank you for your calling on Jimmy and Katty's life and on Joanna and David. Pray your blessing on them as a family. Pray you would provide for them all they need. And continue to pour your life in them so they can pour your life out to others. Father, thank you for their time with us this morning. And would you anoint Jimmy afresh to bring your word to us. And would you open our hearts to receive you afresh. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Well, it is wonderful to be with you guys here this morning. Um, I want to talk a bit about playing our part in God's mission. And I want to thank you already for playing a part, actually, in facilitating the calling that the Lord has given to us by supporting us uh, as a church and, and praying for us. And just to say as well, if you'd like to find out more about how you can pray for us or even support us financially as well, you can take away either one of these um, or one of these. This is the newer version of our prayer cards uh, which says, will tell you a bit more about our work and also how you could support as well. So perhaps take one of those away, have a think, and a pray. Um, I think one of the great things about our God, about the gospel, is that it is, it's transformative. It really is the most transformative thing on the face of the planet. And God, our God, He is in the business of recycling lives. He is in the business of filling us with purpose, filling our lives with meaning. I think one of the greatest tragedies of living in a prosperous nation like ours is, is so often people can have everything. We have everything we really need, but yet can lack something to live for. And perhaps that um, that question of purpose and meaning, perhaps that really eats away at some, it may even eat away at some people here as well. It's so easy uh, to fall into that trap, even as the people of God, of being materialistic, of our lives be, uh, being about uh, consuming and gaining more. Whereas Jesus, he tells us as disciples of his, as followers of his, seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. In other words, make Jesus, make the king and his kingdom your priority in life. Let your life be about that. Wherever God has placed you, whatever he's called you to do, be about bringing the kingdom where you are. And so often the rest takes care of itself. And abundant life... Where's that found? Well, that's found in Jesus, isn't it? It's found in relationship with him, knowing him. It changes everything. Some 20 years ago now, I met with Jesus. I'm originally from Cheltenham. And who's familiar with Cheltenham here? Quite a few folk. Another spa town, I may add. Um, and uh, I was part of a large family, uh, half Irish. My dad was from Ireland. Uh, I went to a Catholic school for a bit until I got kicked out at the age of seven. Uh, family life started to deteriorate somewhat as well, actually. Grew up on a council estate in Cheltenham, and I got kicked out of my second school at the age of 11. So stuff didn't start out too well. And I ended up in a boarding school for kids who were excluded from school, and I had a really bad school record. And I even remember sitting down with one of the housemasters there, and he was, I asked him, could, could, I, could you read my, my, my score report to me? I, I'm, you know, interested in to see what other people had, had written about me. And as he read that, I have to be honest, that brought me to tears, because uh, in many ways, teacher after teacher wrote me off. You know, this Jimmy Rocks has a, an attitude problem, and, and you read through the lines, I'm not going to amount to anything. 
And as, as I went into my teenage years, um, I think a lot of that pain caught up with me. A lot of the breakdown in my family, family life seemed to deteriorate even more. Now, I had a belief in God. I knew that Jesus was the Son of God, but yet God felt, felt distant. I had no concept of a relationship with God. Now, at this school I was at, there were some Christian teachers there. And I could see there was something different in them. And there was one particular lady uh, who kind of invested in me. One of the areas I was talented in was, was art. So I ended up doing my GCSE art a year early outside of school with her. And we'd talk about all sorts of things. And one day we got onto the whole subject of, of Jesus. And I said something like, well, I believe that all these religions just lead to the same God, don't they? But they call him by a different name. And she said, do you know what? I don't believe that. And she started to tell me about her faith in Jesus and what Jesus had done on the cross, and if we were to put our faith in him, our trust in him, then all the stuff that we've done wrong will be forgiven, and we are free to have a relationship and will gain eternal life. And that, to me, that sounded like quite a good deal, better than my, as long as my good outweighs my bad philosophy. And I was encouraged to start praying more and reading the Bible more, got on well with the Gospels, I think by the time I got into Paul's letters, couldn't make head or tail of it. Um, and a lot of that pain was still there, to be honest. Now, my schooling turned around. I left there with my GCSE, started going to a sixth form center in Cheltenham. But yet again, a lot of pain on the inside, low self-esteem, and that sense of lacking purpose. Why am I here? What is my life about? Who really loves me? One of the lads I used to walk home with was a Christian. He went to quite a lively church in the center of the town there. And uh, we got talking one day, and he invited me along, and I went to this youth uh, congregation, the one I ended up working for. And uh, it was unlike anything I'd ever experienced, some 200 young people worshipping the Lord, very lively, very, I guess, soul survivoress, really, and uh, hearing people's stories of how Jesus had made a difference in their lives, talking about knowing Jesus, hearing him speak to them, having a relationship with him, that seemed alien to me on the one hand, but yet there was something really genuine in that, and I longed for that for myself. I ended up doing an Alpha course there 20 years ago now, and uh, it would have been in February of uh, 99 that I went away on the Holy Spirit weekend. And I remember praying, Jesus, come into my life, fill me with your Spirit, and having this incredible feeling of liquid love being poured out inside. And I knew it was God in that moment. And that for me was a turning point. Before when I prayed, it was like my prayers would hit the ceiling and bounce back. There was no connection. But going from that, I knew that was God. And going from that, and even starting to think, was that just me? Was that something in my head? And as I started to pray, I could just sense the nearness of God. I could sense the presence of God. Something changed. A lot of that pain as well on the inside was gone. A lot of that insecurity was taken away. And all of a sudden, my life was filled with purpose. That void Jesus had filled, it changed everything for me. You know, God was so gracious. It, 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 um, right from the go, people, many people would, would share words. Jim, I just think the Lord has got a call on your life for leadership and evangelism and just to think wow the God of the universe has a plan even for me someone who had done an amazing job really of mucking up their own lives 
God is in the business of connecting a lost and broken world with himself. And he does that one life at a time. And then he uses us, people who know him, who have a relationship with him, to help to connect other people with him. Together as the church, as the people of God, you know, we have a mission. We have a purpose. I don't know if you could put this quote up there, but a former Archbishop William Temple, he said the church is the only society that exists for the benefits of its, not, of its non-members. So think about that. Today, as we are gathered to worship the Lord, what we do isn't just for us, but actually we exist to be light in this world. We exist to help other people come into a life-giving relationship, a transformative relationship with Jesus. And one of the extraordinary things is God uses ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. We get to take part in the mission of the kingdom. That means we get to see people connect with Jesus, come into that relationship. We get to see broken lives healed, restored. We get to see signs of the kingdom. As the kingdom breaks into our reality, brings healing, freedom, transformation. We can see whole communities changed because of the presence of the kingdom. God wants to use us, and I'm sure he is using you in amazing ways to do that. Over the last three and a half years, we've been uh, just blessed to see the Lord do some amazing things in people's lives in Florianopolis. Uh, when we started our church, it was the four of us. So we went to a place called Inglases on the north of the island. Uh, literal translation of Inglases is the English. A coincidence there. And we kind of thought, well, let's use that place as a base to figure out where God wants us to be and where he wants us to get involved in Florianopolis. And immediately we had a sense that actually God wanted us to get stuck in there, that God in his grace had planted us where he wanted us to be there. And talking to lots of people, it just seemed clear that there was a need for a, 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 a church of word and spirit, a grace-filled church, a love-filled church that, wanted to, that needed to reach out to the world. So we thought we'd start with an inductive Bible study in our living room based around four simple questions. Taking the seven signs of John in his gospel, starting with Jesus turning water into wine and asking those questions. What does this tell you about God? What does it tell you about people? What do you need to do with it? And who else needs to know about it? And it's a study, uh, a way of studying the Bible that is accessible to Christians and non-Christians alike. So on our first night, we invited lots of people. Lots of people seemed really keen. Sent out what that message is. It seems to be the main way to communicate in Brazil. That Tuesday night came around. The 8 o'clock start time came around. And no one came on that first night. Okay, so we invited everyone again the following week. Let's try again. Let's keep praying. And then we invited our landlords on that day, uh, a couple who lived in the same apartment complex as us, Marcelo and Gabby. And on that second Tuesday, eight o'clock came round, there was a knock at the door, and they turned up, and they were the only people to turn up that particular time. So we looked at that, of, that, that, that passage of scripture, Jesus turning water into wine. Uh, they commented how lovely it was to, to study the Bible. They were kind of nominally Catholic, would go now and again to church there, and we said at the end, why don't we pray? 
and we'd love to pray for you. Is there anything we can pray for? Do you have any pain in your body? And uh, Marcelo, the husband, is like, no. And then his wife elbows him and says, tell him about your back. And he had injured his coccyx a few months prior to that and in his workplace was sitting on a special cushion. So I said to him, you know, I believe that healing is one of the ways that God loves to get our attention, show us that he's real and he wants a relationship with us. I believe if you let us pray for you, God will heal you. Can we pray for you for that? And he was like, go on then. And his wife had a hip problem as well, which was clicking and painful. So we first prayed for him. And as we prayed, I asked him, Marcelo, can you sense anything different? And he related that there was heat, there was tingling, just encouraged him. Do you know that's the Spirit of God? That's God touching you and healing you. Can you notice any difference in the pain? And and he, he tested it out. He sat down and he couldn't feel anything. The Lord had graciously completely healed him. There and there, his wife, who had a, uh, that hip problem, we prayed for her. Similarly, she felt heat and tingling, and the pain went. The clicking greatly reduced, and within a couple of days, completely stopped. Then more people started coming to the group, some of their family, other people who lived there, but also in the gym as well. God was breaking out and doing amazing things. So I went and joined a local gym on arriving there, trying to keep myself in shape to keep, have that beach body, which is essential in Brazil. Um, and one day, I was, I was doing some squats, and one, uh, a new personal trainer, who, or, or personal trainer who just uh, started working there, kind of came past and remarked how I miss doing heavy weights and heavy squats. And I, so I asked him the question, uh, have you injured your back or something? And he, he mentioned that he had some disc damage from weight training, so therefore he couldn't push it because he would be in a lot of pain. And I said, I'd love to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And he was like, okay. He kind of went off to do something in the gym. As I was leaving the gym that morning, he was in the reception chatting to the receptionist. So I said to him, could I pray for you now? And he's like, well, what have you got to do? And I said, well, I'm going to put my hand on your back and ask Jesus to heal you. Is that okay? And he was like, go on then. Uh, so placed my hand on his back. We began to pray. Similarly, he felt heat and tingling and assured him that that was the Spirit of God touching him and healing him. After that, I uh, said, how do you know if you're healed? And he said, I'd need to lift some weights to see if there's any pain afterwards. I said, okay, we'll keep you posted. Told him about the group, invited him along. The receptionist who was present during all of that, she started remarking about how she could feel this good energy coming off and told us, you know, that is the presence of God. That is like a hug from our God and told us more about the love of God. And I think within a couple of weeks, also had an opportunity to pray for her over issues of anxiety and she really met with the Lord. Anyway, the next day, I got this phone call, answered it. I said, hi, this is Matthias. I said, hi, Matthias. How, how, how's your back? Have you been to the gym? And he says, I have. And I went really heavy and I couldn't feel a thing. Can I come to your group? And I was like, yeah, of course you can. Can I bring my girlfriend? Hmm, let me think about it. Of course you can. Uh, so bit by bit, God started to bring people in. We saw his kingdom break out and saw that actually he's in this missional thing. The spirit goes ahead and is, out of, is in, at work out in the world, working in people's lives to bring them to himself, and we get to play our part in partnering with God to help others connect with Jesus. So how can we start, or where can we start our own kingdom adventures? Because I I believe that God calls us to be a risk-taking people. I believe that actually God wants to do extraordinary things 
through us. Often we count ourselves out. Often we think, no, we'll leave that to the missionaries. We'll leave that to uh, the ordained. But actually, God wants to use you in the everyday uh, mundane things in life. And God calls us to be missionaries where, where we are. So where does this start in this uh, journey of making disciples of all nations? I believe that actually it starts with us taking seriously our own call to be disciples of Jesus. And discipleship has more to do with be, being obedient with what we learn than just acquiring information. Sometimes we can fall into this trap of discipleship being about acquiring more information about the Bible, as good as that is, and as essential as that is. But actually, we're called to put that into practice. Jesus says, make disciples of all nations, all people groups, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. John Wimber, founder of the Vineyard Movement, he says, it's important to not only be biblically literate, but we must, uh, must also be biblically obedient Hear and obey as we seek to grow as disciples is an invaluable principle. Put into practice what you are learning. I want to challenge you this morning. What is God saying to you? What's he saying to you corporately as a church? What's he saying to you for your own Bible reading, for your own devotional? Are you acting upon it? Also, we need to take seriously the kingdom. And that, at times, can mean laying stuff down to pursue the call of God. Or pursue things, or, or laying stuff down that distract us from that. You know, I, I pray for you guys that God births an increased appetite for his kingdom. For seeing his kingdom break out here in Bath, in people's life. Because for me, that is, that is a driving passion of mine, seeing people experience the reality of relationship with Jesus, seeing his kingdom break out. But it comes at a cost, it comes at a price. And we also need to take seriously the call to go, that we are a sent people, we are called to go out to the world. And there should be a sense in when we gather on a Sunday, that actually we're being commissioned to go out of here into the world to be light where God has placed us, whether that's at the school gate, whether that's in the office, at university, wherever that may be, we are called to bear God's light to this world. The Spirit's work in our lives doesn't just stop in us, but actually I believe that we should be channels for His blessing into this world where God has placed us. So what does it look like to be sent into the world? It's interesting how Jesus sent His disciples. Matthew 10 verses 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Obeying means being obedient and going and doing the natural and supernatural works of the kingdom. That means sharing Jesus with others, helping people grow as followers of his, caring for the poor and the vulnerable, welcoming others, but also healing the sick, ministering to the demonized, seeking to bring about a more just world. 
something with the kingdom. We need to see it or so often, actually, with the kingdom. Perhaps we can view it as a cake that's been sliced up. And so often, we can just take bits of it. Maybe a bit is social action. I'll focus on that. Maybe another piece is the supernatural. Maybe another piece is evangelism, discipleship. But actually, as the people of God and as the church, we want the entirety of the cake. And we want to do the entirety of the work of the kingdom. And one of the great... Uh, great truths that can often be neglected in our Western world with our materialistic worldview is that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the works of the kingdom. And it was read this morning from Acts 1. Jesus says um, that uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. When we ask Jesus in, when we receive his spirit, his power is available. God's presence is, God's power is found in his presence. And the spirit of God who dwells in us is the one who does those amazing works. The spirit of God longs to burst out of you. God longs to do extraordinary things through you. And sometimes it can be as simple as offering to pray for someone with a cold. Noting that someone, noticing that someone is, is anxious. Offering to pray for them that they would have a sense of the peace of God. Our God is a missionary God. The Spirit is a missionary spirit. And as much as we want to see God do extraordinary things on the edge... He wants to use us all that more to do the extraordinary. And in my experience, I've seen God do more through taking risk. I think sometimes we think, I have to be super holy for God to use me in a supernatural way. I have to know lots. I have to be especially anointed. We need to be obedient. We need to take risks, trusting that the Lord wants to make himself known to other people. So his, the power of his kingdom is available. We're a people of his presence and carry his power. As a church, one of the things we often do is when we go out to evangelize is simply offer prayer to people on the streets or on the beach in summer when there's a lot of movement there. And we've seen God do some extraordinary things in terms of touching people's lives, healing. In fact, it doesn't always happen. Not everyone I pray for or people in our church pray for gets healed. But quite often, as we engage people with the good news of Christ and try to put him on display, we see God do extraordinary things. Um, there's this picture up behind. We're praying for a, a, a guy who was selling sweets and things on the beach as an extra form of income. You can see from his clothes that he looks a bit like a marathon runner. And he is a marathon runner. And uh, I saw him one day walking past our tent, looking over quite, cu quite curiously uh, to see what we were doing. So I just kind of called him over and said, hey, can we, can we pray for you? And he was like, well, what are you doing? I explained. And he came over to the tent, said he would like some prayer. And I said, have you got any pain in your body? And he explained that he had a, a hamstring injury that's preventing him from training. And we said, you know believe that Jesus wants to heal you, to show that he's real, that he loves you. Can we pray for you? And he's like, okay. 
So we placed our hands on his hamstring, or I did there, not on his bottom. Um, and the other guys prayed for him as well. And similarly, we just saw, asked him what was going on. He related, there's heat, there's tingling. Can you check it out? And gingerly, he starts to move his leg, notices that there's no pain, and starts to move it more frantically, and is absolutely godsmacked. And I asked him, what do you make of that? And he says, that's amazing. And I said to him, do you know, it's Jesus. Let me tell you about what Jesus has done in my life and what he can do in your life. And after that, I asked him, would you like to receive this Jesus? And he said, yes, I would. So we're called to make him known. We're called to play our part. J. John, the evangelist, he says, a missionary is not someone who crosses the sea, but someone who sees the cross. When we realize what Jesus has done for us, the difference he's made in our lives, and what he wants to do through us, we ourselves become missionaries where God has placed us, wherever that may be. I ask you a question. Have you seen the cross? Do you know Jesus? Have you started a relationship with him? He too wants to use you with your unique gifts where he's placed you to help connect other people. Maybe you're like, Jim, I'm not, I'm not a natural evangelist. I don't feel comfortable about doing that. Don't write yourself off. Do you know, it's the example of Christian people that in me kind of awaked, awakened that desire to know God that stirred something in me. I saw something different in them. The way you love, the way you interact with other people can be a powerful testimony. But I also want to encourage you as well, be bold. Share your story. Offer to pray for people. Amen? Can we pray? You want to stand up? want to encourage you perhaps I mean just where you are um, maybe just open your hands I find sometimes an open posture just helps us to be open to the spirit's work and just going to see what he wants to do in our midst just going to have a bit of time just waiting on him I'm going to invite him Heavenly Father thank you that you have drawn us to yourself that you have given us your son and you don't leave us as orphans, but to you, give us your spirit. And it is your spirit who works in us to will and to act us according to, and act us according to your good purposes, but also to empower us to connect a lost and a dying world to yourself. Spirit of God, we welcome you in this place. Would you come and would you fill us afresh? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you. I just want to encourage you to stay in that place with the Lord. I just sense for some that the Lord is equipping. He's equipping with spiritual gifts. I think he wants to release 
variety of gifts in this place, greater sensitivity to his voice. Perhaps for some, there's almost like a warmth on your hands, a heat there. And I just think the Lord is, is releasing gifts of healing in this place as well. More Lord. Thank you. Thank you. A sense I had during the service today, this is a spa town, but that is a prophetic image for you guys as a church. The spirit is breaking out increasingly. Come, Holy Spirit, more of you, more of you, more of you, more of you. Thank you. Just think for other people as well. Just a real sense of peace as you wait on the Lord. Lord is just bringing calming storms in your lives. He's bringing his calm, his peace to anxiety. For others it may be an infilling of his love like I described when I first met with him. Come Lord, more of you. More of you. Love to call some people forward for prayer in a bit. Perhaps sense that there's someone here who has problems with heart palpitations. If that's relevant for you, come get prayed for today. Believe that the Lord wants to to work in that. And perhaps even as we're stood here, I think the Lord's going to heal some people. Um, particularly if you've got a bad left shoulder. I just want to encourage, I believe the Lord is healing that now. I just want to encourage you just to move that. Check it out. See if it's not you who the Lord is healing. If you have pain in that region, just to test it out. See if it's not you who the Lord is healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And if you notice a difference there, it's fully better or partially better, just raise your hand so I can see that. someone with a bad lower back as well or sort of more midway up the Lord is bringing healing if that's you, check it out sometimes the faith is in the movement see if it's not you who the Lord is touching and healing thank you Jesus thank you Lord if you can sense something different just raise your hand where you are if you can sense that it's improved completely better, partially better just raise your hand where you are. Praise the Lord. Turn at the back. Thank you, Jesus. More of you. Thank you, Lord, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, raise our faith. Raise our expectancy. Thank you that you are the God who can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to your power at work within us. More, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Perhaps someone with neck pain as well. And the Lord is touching and healing someone. If that's you, check it out. See if it's you who the Lord is healing. Thank you, Jesus. If you can sense a difference, just raise your hand so I can see. Thank you, Jesus. 